Welcome to this week of All Talk FC. We're going to talk about some games, some Saturday goalkeeping guests, uh, Sunday full of upsets, some games, part three, back four, and anything else you can think about. Let's go. Welcome. All right, boys, it's your boy, Big Chris. How's it going, Mark? Yeah, all good here. Danny boy, how's it going? Yeah, good. Uh, interesting weekend full of games. Why don't we go straight to the early kickoff? Uh, Liverpool and Leicester City. Danny, what do you think about that one? Well, I mean, it's been coming, obviously. He did the little flick thing the week before. It's hard. Do you know what? I know everyone's up in arms and everyone's going, on. Oh, you shouldn't do it as a keeper, you shouldn't take risks. I like it. He got lucky because it didn't cause him any, didn't lose any points, still won the game. Obviously, he looks like an idiot. He's probably learned his lesson and won't do it again. He's still a good keeper. Yeah, no I don't problem. know if he's learned his lesson. He did come out and say it's it's just pretty much part of what comes with him. Um, Is that what he said? Well, the week before, he was like, I, I saw a quote about people with heart problems should turn away or something along them lines. So, uh, He's Brazilian, isn't he? So what are you going to do? Well, then it's weird because Edison, he keeps Edison out of the Brazilian squad, of the Brazilian first team, which always makes me think, oh, he must be better, but... Up until now, I think he's fine. I just think, as a goalkeeper, normally when you do them turns, you'd normally catch the striker off guard. Four weeks into the, into the season, he's done it at least once a game. So I, I think the element of surprise, which a lot of keepers get away with, it's not... I don't think keepers are usually the best at turning, but the element of surprise means they get away with it. But, yeah, but don't you think it's a case of um, sort of big risk, little reward? I mean, it looks good here and there, but I don't actually understand what how big of an advantage you're going to get from trying to make an attacker look silly as a goalkeeper, because then you're going to get caught out like he did this week. Yeah, but he I, he never went with the intention. It was a bad pass back to him, wasn't it? That, and then he's looked too indecisive on what to do because he was yeah he had a chance though to clear it easily he just yeah, that's it. but what I mean about Edison like, if you think about all the games he, he's done it a few times he's done drag backs and whatever but he doesn't tend to do it that much what he tends to do quite well is just he'll take a touch and take it away from the defender rather than uh, you know someone like Joe Hart who hasn't got a touch will just smash it when it comes to him he'll take a touch and it'll come away from the defender and then he'll make a pass whereas I don't know it's like Allison's forcing some sort of trick here, like every single time um, which is just surprising me, really. But it's fine. He'll do it a few more times this season. He'll make more saves than mistakes. And so I think he'll still prove a good signing. It's still a deal for me. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the modern-day Fabian Bartes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Andrew Robertson? Could we talk about him as a young prospect, or do you think he's the end product? Did you watch football last year? I did watch football last year, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he's beyond the young prospect. Really yeah, good. Yeah. I think he had that moment about a year ago. Uh, that's why Liverpool bought him. He was, as I say, he was quality at Hull. Uh, I remember thinking at the beginning of last season, he could be good. And I even had him in my original fantasy draft like, that season. And then he just didn't play at the start. I don't know. And they had to go through all that stupidness with Moreno and all the mistakes. And then he's obviously got his shot. And he's, he's class. He's good. Well, uh, I, I guarantee if Robertson was in my fantasy team, he would not have been given that assist. Uh, yeah. He'd been recorded twice already this season. Yeah, he would have uh, 
they would have said no. The, the defender cleared it off off Mane, and then he scored. But when he's not in my team, they give them them decision. So. Has the Batson been passed from Salah to Mane this season? Who's going to be leading the front line? Uh, well, one thing I noticed was, do you remember this time last year, like Salah had scored, I don't know, something like five, six goals, and the vibe was, do you know what, he could have had ten. Like, the the amount of one-on-ones he was missing, the amount of clear chances he was missing, and I was like, even now, like, he should have scored in when it was nil nil, I think, one of the like quite a big chance and it's I think with Salah last season he was he's scoring every game but also missing big ones. And this season just started off I think he's he seems to be getting less chances but he's still missing them, so I think it will go around. So I think Mane started because Mane seems to be finishing but Mane's also got in in him to miss big chances. And when he does I think Salah will jump in again. I don't I, I can't see there being too much between them, to be honest, by the end. I can. Strangely, at the start of the season, if you'd asked me, well, we were talking about it, and I didn't think Salah could do it again and go and score 30, 40 goals. But actually, and yeah, he's missed loads, Mark's exactly right. Like last season, he could have scored, he could, could have scored 80, probably should have done. Like he had that many chances. I think he was up there with Richarlison as missing the most clean-cut, clear-cut one-on-one chances. And he's done it again this season. But when you look at his, look at how Liverpool played, look at his position in the last four games, He's the furthest forward, like, bar anyone, bar Mane, for me, yeah, he's the guy, he's basically their striker, he's the one getting in the most chances, he still had more chances than anyone else in the league in the first four games, so, actually, the more I look at it, I think, yeah, he'll probably miss two or three a game, and he'll score two or three a game, so, I can't see Mane scoring as many as Salah, just because of that, so, over the course of the season, I do still think Salah will outscore him, um, but yeah, Mane will get. I mean, he got what 20, 22 goals last season. Mane or something like that. Yeah. Normal, normal season for like a, a left winger. It's unbelievable. Everyone's like Sterling got what twenty three, and everyone's going on like he's the greatest winger. Mane went and got twenty two. So yeah. Last, uh, lo- just lastly on this, um, and let me know if you agree or disagree. But obviously Liverpool are going to be the team that challenges Man City the most. The problem that I see is that Salah seems to be when you look at the chances that he misses he's not only missing the um the shooting chances the scoring opportunities but he's also missing the extra pass to make slipping probably an overlapping robertson an overlapping fullback um maybe someone from midfield he just misses that instead of looking at the extra pass if he doesn't have a shot on, he just takes the shots to miss it all together and over the long run it's probably not really going to work out well for liverpool i don't know i just think our standards have just gone so high for him now he was doing, this was exactly what it was like last season. I was right. This is literally exactly what he was like. This is how Liverpool are playing. They're just a bit more resilient. They've got a bit of a better back, well, they have got a better back four, better keeper. But at the front, they're exactly the same. There was no difference. He was exactly like that. But you, people just looked past it. He was having terrible games, but still scoring and getting all the plaudits. People just looked past it because he was scoring so many. And that will probably happen again this season. But I don't think he's playing any differently, to be honest. He looks exactly the same. And going on the defence. I know Match of the Day did a big thing on it, but Gomez played brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think last season there was the rotation between him and Alexander-Arnold for right-back. And for a long period, there wasn't really much in it. But I don't know if I slightly favoured Alexander-Arnold, but now seeing Gomez as a centre-back, I'm like, OK, that seems to be a bit of a better fit for him. It benefits him to cater for both, probably for... For a club and country, isn't it? Yeah, it's a young centre back. 
he's quite composed on the ball. Seems to be decent passer of the ball. Um, but as we see with a lot of defenders, is it because he's playing alongside Van Dyke who calms him down? Um, it, it'd be interesting if he does get a call up for England and he's who he's playing with and how how he does them. But for Liverpool, he's looking quite composed. Just one word about Leicester City. I want to say a yes or no answer. Madison looks good again, Danny. Yes or no? Yes. Mark, yes or no? Yes. You look good. Should be in the England squad. I'll say that. Should be in the England Yep. Uh, we'll go for uh, Brighton and Fulham. Um, plenty of goals, plenty to talk about, I think. So this was one of my tips. What was your score? I thought I did Brighton to win 2 0. Ah, but you see Mitrovic has come in again. Four goals in three games. Is it time to get all aboard the hype train? Yeah, he scored a goal. It was an odd goal, though. Um, it's one of them, them goals where nine times out of the ten, the ref just gives the free kick. And then, like, he's shot. I don't know how it rebounded back to him because there's, like, four defenders. Mm-hmm. If that was on FIFA, I would scream and say the game's just fixed. It's really... Yeah, because he shot with his left foot. It wasn't the best shot. Keepers punched it and somehow found him in the in a pack of four defenders and he's scored it. But as we said before about teams staying up and going down, and I it's a cliche, but a team to stay up, you need to have goals. And Mitrovic seems like he could get enough and set up enough. Like he he he's not a twenty goal a season striker, I don't think. But maybe not Premier League level. Fair enough. Well, he but, didn't do it in Newcastle, did he? No, and he, but he he will create as much as he will uh, just score him. So, yeah, I, I I think he looks good. I don't think any of us thought Fulham were going down there this year. We, you know, at the start when we were making our predictions, none of us even put Fulham anywhere near that. Fulham and Wolves, we said, top half finish, they are actual possibilities, for which for a promoted side is pretty rare, but just the way they play football, the strikers they got, the goals they score, it just looks solid. Yeah, although... I do think Brighton should have won the game, and uh, they had some real bad misses, and then they were they went two 0 down, managed to get it back to two two, and I thought, all right, I'm not going to get the two 0 I predicted, but they might get uh, they might get something out of it. Also, did Brighton who was it missed the penalty? Gross. Gross. So yeah, they get. Although we can praise Fulham and Mitrovic, I actually think. Some bad misses from Brighton was, and a missed penalty was just as much a talking point. God, don't forget Mitrovic's handball. That was ridiculous. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if you handball it based on your own control, it's always handball. You are, as a footballer, you would just argue it when the ref blows it, but. Yeah. He, after five minutes, he'll, he'll know, yeah, it was handball. So. Seri. John Michael for Seri, yeah. Oh, he's good. Yeah. We talked about him when we were talking about the transfers. He's the mm. guy that, um, it was uh, the French team's lease, the one where Balotelli plays. He's the one where, like, uh, Inter or someone was going to pay, like, 30 million, and then Fulham bumped him and got him for whatever they paid, 35 million. That's so stupid. And that, I was saying, that, that's when you know Fulham are serious. When, yeah. when they come into the Premier League and they go and bump teams like Inter Milan and whoever else for players for 30, 40 million. Yeah, but yeah he looks good. Although, I have to say, that dink that he did, um, he has tried that every single game and it has not worked. <laughs> he's failed every single game with that little thing. He keeps What's trying. What's the saying? If at first you don't succeed, try yeah. trying again. 
Man City and Newcastle. Sterling scored the most goals he's ever scored in a season, but a lot would say that he was in the right position. A lot of them have happened. This year, he seems to have scored a couple of goals, including this game where he's he's um they're pretty impressive goals. Well, he's cutting in on the right. We said we talked about it the other week, didn't we? Is like before he was playing on the right hand side, so he was coming into the box and finishing. Now he's playing on the left, and all of a sudden he's having to create it himself. He's having to cut in on his right foot, and clearly has a good right foot on him. Who knew? Are you watching Salah? Okay. Yeah, I think I was just pleased he scored early because. I don't even like to tune in to Newcastle playing any top 16. Oh, uh, so sad. Sterling's so going after eight minutes. You're like, okay, at least Newcastle might actually have to attack. Whether they could or not, it's a different question. But I think Newcastle kind of have the attitude of just keep it nil-nil and then try maybe with the last 10 minutes to potentially try and nick something or stay nil-nil. See, but that's uh, interesting, though, because they, um, they took their goal really, really well, I thought. You would think they could do that a bit more often. Yeah, and I, I felt it last season. Last season, they played terribly against the big teams. We'd often go 1-0 down in about the 70th minute and then be forced to go forward. And suddenly, I, I remember Man City last year, I'm pretty sure yeah. Yeah. they lost by one goal and had a real big chance at the end to make it 1-1. And you just sometimes you just think, oh, had you done that a little bit earlier? Potentially, like yeah, but at the same time, if you if you look last season, I think need double check. I'm pretty sure Rafa Benitez and Newcastle took more points off the top six than any other team in the bottom half last season. So yeah, it's awful football, and yeah, you think what you're doing. And he got a couple of draws. Like the top six beat most of the bottom. He got a couple of draws and ended up getting more points. And well, they finished tenth. So he'll turn around to everyone that says that and go, "Well, what do you want me to do? Go to Edinburgh, like Huddersfield, and lose six one. I'd rather be in that, be in the game with ten minutes to go and snatch a few draws. Get you know, Rafa just don't care. He's about collecting points. Well, I think the um, it might have been there's this show on Sky Sports called The Debate. And they brought up the point that because Newcastle's ownership's sort of in a mess, the, they don't seem to be providing any money, the fans are accepting this style of football. And that's the only reason they're kind of not turning on. It's, Newcastle is terrible to watch. And I think the fans are kind of like, OK, we appreciate the position Benitez is in, so we're not going to moan at him too much for the way he plays. But as a neutral... It's, it's just dire. Yeah. And, but yeah, as you say, they took their goal quite well. Walker scored a screamer. Which, uh, Absolute screamer. The ball just didn't lift, did it? just flew yeah, up. I love it. it. Uh, to me, yeah. I love them when, when there's just like no elevation. 2-0 to the Chelsea. Alonso with a possible red card. Was it yeah. a red card? It, it was one of those where it probably should have been, but it just seems so soft, but if he wasn't on a yellow, it's a hundred percent a yellow card. So uh, it's one it's one of those where the ref has looked at him for ah it's soft. I don't know if I can give that. And but by the by the laws, it should should have been a red card. Mark's begging for it. Is that uh, that prediction of Alonso's finish is just is not? He still playing, is he still playing terribly, Mark? <laughs> Double figures. Double forget figure uh, fantasy football results every single week of the season. Yeah. Best left back in the world. Yeah, I don't know. He, 
Well, he should have been sent off, so then he wouldn't have got double figures, you know. <laughs> should have straight red. But the thing, the thing with Chelsea that I think the the thing that's going to come back. So I know at the start I was saying at the start of the season I still think Chelsea will be up could be up there with Liverpool and um, City only because they've got a squad which basically won the league a few years ago and they've got a manager who plays good football and will probably play to their strengths. But they, they probably won't. They're not going to win it. I'm not going to say they're going to go and win it. Uh, one, I think what we'll see because they have other than the Arsenal game, which was a bit of sort of back and forth. When they come up against Liverpool City, even Man United, a few of the better attacking teams, even some of the like, like Wolves or Fulham, I think David Luiz playing in a back two with Alonso bombing up, the space they're going to leave in that gap in the channel in between Luiz and Alonso, Alonso just doesn't he doesn't smell uh, like a mistake. He doesn't, he doesn't smell danger. He doesn't see it coming, and he. Uh, Luis, sorry, he reacts really badly. So I can imagine people like Salah, people like uh, Sane or Sterling, or those kind of players are going to have an absolute field day in that position. If Alonso keeps doing what he's doing, bombing down the wing, leaving Luis basically protecting that whole back left side. So I do think they're going to come on stuck a little bit because of that. They almost might... did against Bournemouth. So at 0 yeah, yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Bournemouth had two, well, they had one big chance at 0 0. You could, like, debate how you want, but Alonso could have been sent off. It this game could have looked quite different. Um, it is funny though because I we spoke at the start about Chelsea and their new style of football. But to be honest, I've I've sort of been reading up on Chelsea and I'm not sure anyone quite knows what they're talking about because a week ago they were talking about Williams now out of the team, Pedro's now the guy they're turning to, and then this week comes along and Pedro's not in the starting lineup. Um, Alonso's bombing forward. There's it's all about Eden Hazard. They'll be as good as he wants them to be this season. I, I do have a feeling, a little bit, that this is his season and he's going to have another one of them storming seasons and go and win Player of the Year or whatever, you know, do something crazy. Because I, I, I just think he's been given the freedom. He doesn't look like he needs to defend. He's, he looks happy doing his thing. And I think coming out of the World Cup, he seems to have just carried on from where he left off. So I do worry that he's going to just destroy teams. So... We've got Wolverhampton versus West Ham. West Ham is the only team left without a win. If you can tell me briefly, why is West Ham doing poorly outside of just being West Ham? One is probably fixtures. So, oh, I, don't know. I don't know, home to Wolves. Yeah, but they, they lost to a 93rd minute winner. But if, I don't know, if we look at who's West, who have West Ham played, what we fired? Four they games played Arsenal, they played Arsenal away. Uh, Bournemouth at home and Liverpool away. Yeah, so, so they're two home games. They should not. Be, Bournemouth and Wolves at home. They should not be looking at those as hard fixtures if they've got yeah. any desire to be in the top half of the league. No, no, but I do think um, like losing and winning can become habits. So I think the international break has probably come at a good time for them. Um, so I do think one element is fixtures because Wolves have come up and they're flying high. Um, West Ham could easily have won this game at nil nil. It it was it was anyone's game. You say that, but they they played so poorly again. I mean, they played so poorly every single game. It's not even that they're like they're playing really well and getting unlucky. They're literally playing terribly. Half their players are just not trying. Wilshire looks lost. They're, they're, I think they're stuck in between. I think Pellegrini is trying to change them. Trying to he's trying to do something. I don't know what exactly. He must be coming up with some sort of way of playing that they just haven't hasn't clicked yet they haven't got it I think it will I don't think they're going down I know there's all this talk everyone's going on like oh 
the last time they lost four in a row at the start, Avram Grant was in charge, they all, and they went down. And they're not going to go down. There's, there's at least three or four worse teams than them. They'll be fine. But I just think they they haven't adapted to all the new players and the new manager yet, like other teams have. Um, and that, that's always it. Plus, there's an element of, I think, because they don't really know what they're doing, it doesn't look like they're trying or they're in the wrong place. Or I don't know. I think they've made it very easy for a lot of the teams they've played so far. Well, I um, I saw them last week uh, when I watched, I watched them at Arsenal. And for me, they look, um, disconnected and they looked lazy so I think lack of effort is just going to be massive um, massive win for Southampton their first win 2-0 uh, away to Crystal Palace oh, I called, when it, called it when, we, when it started and those are our Palace lose in the story they still had a good few chances with uh, with Benteke that's terrible yeah I, I was talking about do you just think he's a lot older than he said he is <laughs> Mark, I, 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 Mark I, I, hold on, Danny. Hold on, Mark. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You are getting to some really sussy ground here, Mark. <laughs> it was more just. I don't know if I've ever seen a player just go from just so bad overnight. Like he doesn't even. It doesn't look like he can kick a ball. And you think when he was at Villa, he only moved to to Liverpool. Even at Liverpool, it was like uh, he could do something. He just didn't fit the style that they wanted. But now it's like he can't even kick a ball. He he's he just adds nothing. If anything, he makes them worse. Danny Ings, um, all he needed was an opportunity. He's good. He was good at Burnley. He got he went to Liverpool. He got injured. He was out for like a year and a bit. It's tough when you get injured, and then you're trying to get in a team like Liverpool who has those starting forwards. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. Another missed penalty this weekend. Seems to be a few. Some interesting games on Sunday. Um, more goalkeeping guests from Arsenal. I've got some good news and some bad news. Good news is Cardiff has finally scored a goal. Bad news is it's against the Arsenal, my team. Um, we still got the win. But do you think it's a good result for Arsenal? Or not a good result, at least a good performance or a good win? I think it was a good performance by Lacazette. Um, I don't know if he got man of the match, but... He did, he got, did. Yeah, he, he should have. Um, we're still locked at one goal apiece in our in our bet. <laughs> 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 after, Lacazette, after Lacazette helped out Aubameyang, after Aubameyang has done nothing to help Lacazette all season. Aubameyang scored a good goal. Yeah, but it was Lacazette who, who put it on a plate for him. What about Torreira? What is it? Torreira. 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 What has he got to do to get into the side? He's got to sleep in the box like Manny is, clearly. Well, yeah, it's early doors. He's probably just got Ernie's way into the team. Like. Yeah. yeah. How, could, how can you say Ernie's way into the team when Guendouzi has started every game this season? Yeah, they seem to be playing slightly different roles. When I was watching it earlier, the, the Guendouzi is... He's the one who's almost dropping back in between the two centre-halves when they split. Um, that Torreira, when he comes on, seems to, to, to dribble with the ball a bit more. Yeah, I'm not... He's I'm like a Jack Wilshire. He's not a centre-midfielder, really. He's a bit of a Jack yeah. Wilshire type. Where he's just an out-and-out centre-mid. Yeah. So you, that's fine. You do need the Grenduzzi or whoever in there. But that's why I don't. I, I just don't understand Jacker's role. I'll be honest. I didn't see the Arsenal game, and I haven't seen a huge amount of them this season. But from what I've seen of Jacker in the past, 
I just don't understand his role in that team. I think Sheko's played out of position the whole time he's been at Arsenal. He's not a defensive midfielder. He's a striker. It, it, he's a classic centre mid. And uh, mm. under Wenger, he was he was almost brought in, and there was comparison to uh, Wenger could have got Kante but got Xhaka for the same money. And it's like, but they're not they're not the same type of player. Um, Kante, who's now looking more like a winger, but uh, we got. Jacker is he he needs a center, he needs a defensive mid next to him, which is why when we talked about Guendouzi, I don't see Guendouzi Torreira as the swap. It would be Jacker for Torreira, but I I'm interested to see how it goes now that Jacker is actually sort of playing in his position rather than having to be the one who cleans up because that's just not his role. What he does is he just sits at the edge of the box and tries to shoot from 30 yards when the ball comes out. Well, by all accounts, um, Xhaka, when he was at Munching, uh, was it Munching Gladbach? Um, they, he was the uh, centerpiece of that team and they tried to build a team around him. And I guess oftentimes you don't get that from a defensive midfielder. So, mm, it's interesting how, as soon as he's gone to Arsenal, they've tried to shift him in terms of what he's, his role and what he's supposed to do. Yeah, and I think this season we'll see how, how it goes a bit. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't look at Arsenal and see Xhaka as the problem at the minute. Like, it's, def- it's it's not the fullbacks themselves, but it's how exposed the fullbacks are. So even against uh, Cardiff, sorry, they, um, the amount of times Bellerin was just left on his own. So, like, we know Bellerin defensively, his positioning can be a bit poor or he could be... That's being kind. Yeah, but you have to sort of sometimes defend, like, defend him in terms of he's just left on his own and... If, if Cardiff are exposing the fullbacks of it, it is worrying how we're now four games in. Every single game, the fullbacks seem to be exposed, and it just doesn't seem to be getting fixed or even addressed. It's not like you. St- I saw him against Cardiff and thought, okay, they've now I don't know tucked him in a bit, or they've now dropped a player back to try and help out or double up. They just it's almost like they're just ignoring it. And they're like, okay, well, we scored three. We'll, we'll just try and outscore. So, I mean, I, I put Torreira in. I don't, they're defenseless in there. I think they're going through something similar that West Ham are going through, which is they're trying to change the system. It's even harder for Arsenal because it's always going to be difficult. Even like Wenger had a way of playing. They played that way for 40 years, whatever, 20-something years. It was always going to be tough. But I think... To come in and completely change it, which is kind of what he's doing, particularly with defenders and Czech. And I, again, I'm into the game, but I heard about some of the errors and the mistakes of Czech. And it's obviously because they're not comfortable because they're still learning the system. So, you, I mean, they'll probably be all right in the end. They're half decent players, the defenders, so they should be okay. But this is why at the start of the season, we say, I would say, I just I don't think they'll have a great season because this is a transition period. And you always see it when a, when a long time manager leaves, they always need some transition time. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll come good, but I mean, come on, Cardiff are bad, so completely um, goals with the has to be bad. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried for Arsenal. We started the season, I expected them to lose to, to City. I thought they could get something at Chelsea, but they didn't. But the games now that they should have won, they have, so they haven't looked the most convincing, but they're still getting the, the wins against them. Newcastle next, that'd be fun. Do you think that Whatever Emery's trying to do with Czech, do you think it's worth him 
trying to continue uh, doing what he's doing in terms of playing out of the back and messing around with the ball at his feet? Or do you think they should just abort it? Are you, is this like a hidden question of should he bring in Bert Leno? Not at all. No, 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 not at all because he's clearly sticking with Czech. But I, I mean, you know, you just talked about the age of Granit Xhaka and the way he plays. I mean, Czech's even older. Uh, is he going to be able to adapt to this new style in terms of trying to play with the ball at his feet and and pass it out? Because it's it, it, it's never, but, never played like that. I mean, at Chelsea for all those years when when he was there, the way they played under Mourinho, that's just not what they did. All he did was he powered it up seventy yards to drop his head. Uh, so no, I, I don't think Czech Wall is the man to do that long term. But if that's how Emery wants to play, then maybe they're just letting Leno have a bit of a sort of grace period, and then maybe he'll come in. Maybe that's why they bought. I mean, from what I saw of Leno, which isn't a huge amount, it wasn't the greatest keeper in the world. But maybe he's amazing with his feet, and <laughs> so he's going to come in and solve all those problems. I don't know. Two weeks ago, a very very valued listener of ours, of ours uh, scolded me for not talking about certain team when we were talking about the fourth place in the top four we was mentioning Arsenal we was mentioning Man United um, he said why are we not talking enough about Spurs being in that final four position well done I talked about Spurs today well there you go well see I should probably listen back to what we do then but <laughs> you, often, you, you often ramble on Dan so I just blow out True. they lost against Watford today 2-1 is it an upset were we right for not talking about them enough we probably weren't because uh, I don't know because we started the season Tottenham just sort of they didn't sign anyone so why would we talk about them before the season started yeah because uh, we were doing our predictions of the season they just I don't know there just wasn't much excitement around Tottenham when we did that so we probably yeah, but, hold on were predicted they were going to win the Champions League <laughs> <laughs> that was that was your yeah, yeah there we go fine. see well, how much more do these listeners? <laughs> <laughs> the first tram- their first Champions League, and they're saying, "Oh, we're not, we're not giving them enough respect." <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, this is their first loss of the season, so yeah. And against Watford, who are always up for, especially the North London teams, Watford always get about them. It was sort of a typical. If anything, Tottenham reminded me a bit more like Arsenal, where. Watford just really up the pace, up the tempo, and it just, yeah, like, Tottenham just struggled to deal with it a bit. Whenever you see Troy Deeney scores, you know he's uh, he's bullied a few defenders. Um, yeah, you know Sanchez and Vertonghen have gone home crying. Yeah, I just, it was just pure sort of passion. And aren't Watford, now they're, they're, they're above Man City by two points. Well, Mark, so, they won every game. What, yeah. what, for the, what for the one of three teams that are yet to lose in the Premier League this season? So, Danny, how legitimate are they and what is their ceiling this season? Um, they always have a good start. Yes, Marco Silva was there last season and look how he did for the first eight games until Everton turned his head. They just have a history of starting well and then dropping off. They've played well. Holobas has been unbelievable, to be fair. And Dini looks on it. I quite like Dini and Gray. It's a bit of an odd pairing, but I quite like him up top. Um, Pereira has always been a good player, but he's just been injured all the time. So him coming back, I think, is a big win. Are they going to be in the top six? No. Top seven, they'll probably just miss out. But top half, yeah, probably, just because they've had a good start. But they'll do what they do, which is they'll get top 14 
which is why they won't go down. And I think they'll be pretty happy with that. If they play some decent football, get a few upsets like this, I don't think any Watford fan will be upset about that. Um, but just on the point of Spurs, just before we leave it, your mate who was saying we don't talk about Spurs, I think the issue is that we all know, because almost all of their players were in the World Cup final or semi-final or, or playoff game, their squad is small. Thank God for them they got some you know, mean back coming back because he was nearly going to have to do two years in the Asian army, but he's been exempt. They've got a tiny, they've got a, it's crazy, but he's been allowed to come back. He's got, um, they've got a tiny squad. They have a huge amount of games. They are probably going to do all right in the Champions League, although they've got a tough group. Uh, so they're probably going to go quite deep into a few competitions. They'll have, they, they tend to have a fairly decent start to the season as well, but I just think we can all see them fading because they're just not going to be able to cope. They'll get one or two big injuries and they'll just be in trouble and they'll lose games like this against Watford every now and again. And yeah, they've got an absolute shot of getting top four because Arsenal and Man United are looking like they need to sort their stuff out as well. But uh, I think that's why everyone's overlooked them a little bit because everyone knows that's going to happen. And even Pochmas knows it's going to happen. If they can get to January with like in, in still a decent position, then maybe they'll turn around and invest. But what's going on with their stadium as well, having to play at Wembley, they'll at some point move into a new stadium halfway through the season, that'll mess it up. I just think it'll be a difficult season for them, to be honest. Um, I just want to say, he is uh, not a mate of mine, he's a valued listener. <laughs> My apologies, you're right, Spurs are unbelievably good, and they're going to be top four. Wonderful. Manchester United won 2-0 against Burnley, a brace from Lukaku, um, Pogba missed the penalty, but Marcus Rashford, is it a red card or not? Yes. Yeah, I think I think the the argument is more how he's could be a red card and Bardley not. It, I don't. I think it's. Yeah. yeah. Of, Do you know what? That's a really it's exactly the same thing. So you either give him both reds or both yellows. So I I find it. I I don't understand it in football when they put foreheads on foreheads. It's a it's a weird thing. I'd happily see players sent off for it. It's a it's just such a weird thing to do, like put your forehead up against someone's. It's, I, I I don't understand it, so I'll happily see players sent off for it. But it just made no sense that one player would be sent off and not the other. So yeah, in the letter of law, if you put your head on someone else's head, even if you don't actually push forward, then it's apparently a red card. So Pogba's penalty is his slow run up finally failed him. Yes, we talked about this, didn't we? If you do a run on like that, you have to score. Because when you don't, you look like Zaza. Yeah, I, I just think for pen, like penalty kick takers, usually missing one out of three, one out of four is about normal unless you're a good penalty taker. So I was going to say, tell Matt, Letizia, tell Matt Letizia that. Yeah, I just think... Yeah. Make pains. There's loads of, loads of players that don't miss pens. I, I, outside the, the guys who you would class as sort of all-time great penalty kick takers one in four one in three they would miss so Ricky Lambert now, hold on one in three one in four I think I, Wayne Rooney has, has clouded your judgement that's a terrible record that is a terrible record I agree Wayne Rooney was one in three fail, but that's a terrible record you've got to score your penalties you've got you've got to be missing like one out of ten maybe fine you could not be missing that many penalties or let someone else take it <laughs> Alright, we can do this test now. So who is a good penalty kick taker in the Premier League? Like, oh, if we go to Harry Kane? Harry Kane? Uh, Paul Pogba actually is. Hazard? Hazard? Uh, Yaya Torre was a great penalty taker. 
Well, he's not there now, though, is he? So he can't really talk to him. Who else? Who else actually takes penalties? I, I, that's what I was thinking off the top of my head. I'm not even sure. Uh, Leighton Baines. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good talk. Boys. Oh, Milner. Milner. Uh, I think he's not really sure. Yeah, Milner doesn't miss. Milner scores. How many penalties he scored last season? I have no idea, but I bet he plays. That's fair. <laughs> just sorry, just saying. Last season, Harry Kane took three penalties and missed one in the Premier League. <laughs> I'll, I'll come and ask a small sample size over his career. Look at Milner. How many did Milner score last season? Last word on Manchester United, Danny. James Milner scored eight penalties in a row, just said. Uh, anyway, last word on Man United. Yeah, um, the plane that flew over, the Ed Woodward plane. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Yeah, I prefer not to talk about planes. Oh, it's just so embarrassing. Mark's got well, a fair view of planes. He likes a few things before no, we talk about it. If you're flying a banner over, on a plane over a stadium ground, you should look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> That's that. Respect, man. Respect. Respect. Respect, man. <laughs> so let's just talk about the Champions League draws. Um, Interesting, uh, some good groups here. I don't know if there's an out-and-out group of death. Uh, I'd say group D. Group D. <laughs> oh no one, no one knows. Can I finish? Well, can I finish my question? <laughs> can I finish my question? Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, we don't have an out-and-out group of death. Uh, most groups, I think you can see a clear winner in terms of the top two there. Uh, group D. <laughs> uh, might be the most interesting group, not because they've got anyone that's particularly strong, but they may be some of the weakest teams in the competition. Mark, what group are you looking forward to looking at most? What team or teams do you think are going to make it furthest in the tournament? Uh, the group I'm interested in is Group B. Um, group B is Barcelona, Tottenham, PSV, Eindhoven and Inter Milan. Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a tough one to call. Um, I, I also think just uh, just PSV into Barcelona and Tottenham, they're all football playing teams, so they're not... I don't see... As opposed to any other team that's in the... Uh, well, I was thinking... Yeah, a rugby team in Group H, I see. <laughs> They're, they're all teams that want to play football, want to attack. I, I, I think it's going to be, depending on how, how the first results are, if PSV and Inter could get some points initially, I think this could actually be one of the more interesting groups. Um, in ter- like That's the group I want to see. The standout fixture is probably Liverpool versus PSG, which is Group C. Mm. But that, if I had to pick a fixture I want to watch, it would be that. But as a group stage, Group B, I'd probably pick. More than Man United Juventus? I think that's just going to be interesting. I don't think the game itself is going to be the most exciting game to watch. No, fair enough. Uh, Danny, Danny, yeah. what groups um, what are you looking at? And um, yeah, I think Group Group B, like Mark said, I think it's a really, <coughs> it's a really interesting, exciting group. Group D is a bunch of nothing. Um, I don't think any of those games are particularly interesting, but like Mark said, it would be quite close. 
Um, the only thing I'd say about Liverpool's group, and I know uh, Napoli are a good team and they've been decent in Europe the last few years, but they've obviously lost Sarri, they've lost Jorginho, they haven't really replaced either. Um, I think they haven't started as strongly as um, as they did in other seasons, so I, I just can't see them being as difficult as previous seasons, and then I can't even pronounce that last team in their group, so I think yes, Liverpool have a tough time against PSG, but I think they'll beat the others. So actually, when you look at the English sides, um, I think Liverpool will go through. Um, first, you don't know. You can't say Vestar Belgrade. Oh, is that what they are? Sorry, I'm looking at it and it just says the Russian name. Man City as well. I think the other thing is, so Shakhtar for me are a bit like Napoli. Like Shakhtar were a good side, but they've lost a lot of their players. Fred being an obvious one who's gone. Also got a new manager in. It's tough to go out to Ukraine. Like Man City have got a tough, a tough journey out there, but... Again, I think they'll get through that. Leon are a good side, but I think they'll get through that. Um, I think group, the interesting group E, so I really like Ajax this season. I really, really like Ajax. And, and that's not just because Tadic has gone there and him and Ziek are just class at the moment. But I think Ajax will give that group a go and I reckon they'll get through. Um, and Man United, I, I, I do worry. I think we, we are terrible against Spanish teams. We're just awful at home against Spanish teams. So... Valencia are good, Juventus have Ronaldo and he'll always score at Old Trafford. So I do I am nervous about Man United, but if we can get through the group then I think we'll have a, a good run. But yeah, I'm nervous. Um, Mark, um bearing in mind your predictions at the uh, first episode this season, who do you think's gonna be the strongest of the English sides going through? Uh in terms of this group stage yeah the team I'd put my money on going through is City because I think they have the the easiest group of all the English teams but I'm still back in Tottenham they're still going all the way to the final <laughs> win it on penalties <laughs> Danny Danny who do you think is going to go furthest out of all the English sides um, I'd love to say Tottenham because I'm actually I think Tottenham can beat Barca I really do at home um I can't see past Liverpool or City. I, I just like I said, more entry night is getting through that group, and I, I, I don't know. As Liverpool or City, probably City because they've got a slightly stronger squad uh, and a slightly easier group. But I won't. Yeah. Um, I won't. Uh, we won't hold it against each other. But just at a glance, who do you think is going to be the final four? I know it's a big question, but who's going to be the final four? Four. Yeah, question. final four. <laughs> Massive. I know. Just a little question. I'm going to go Tottenham. Man City, Barcelona, and Man United. There oh my God! Three. <laughs> who's your? Who's your? <laughs> I was going to say PSG, but I thought no. I'm... I've got to have some hope for United. Uh, the Champions we... League's all we can go for. <laughs> Definitely not some um, Patriot Homer picks, but. <laughs> Danny, can you give more of a reasonable top four or final four? Uh, um, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say Juventus because of Ronaldo. Uh, because they just, he's just the man for the Champions League. I'm going to say Bayern because you have their the record in the last, what, eight Champions League. I think they always hit at least quarter-final, semi-final every single time. Uh, and then I'm going to go Man City because I think they are going to push hard this year for that. Uh, and then it, um, 
one of any. Maybe Barcelona. Hello. Lovely cushion header. But Gareth Southgate released his uh, post-World Cup England squad for the first time. Um, a few omissions, obviously, it's um, Vardy and uh, Cahill have both retired from international football, leaving themselves open to play again. Um, but actually, you know, before before we get to talking about the squad that he's picked, just talk about that for, for, for uh, briefly, about Vardy and Cahill retiring. Uh, do you think it's right? Do you think it's early? Um, what do you think the reason behind it was? I, I think Vardy is... I don't think he should have. Um, especially because normally, straight after a, to- a tournament, you would say, uh, we've got two years till the next one. Vardy will probably be 33, 34 by that tournament, so he'll be too old to go. But we've got this international cup, or whatever they call it now. So there will be competitive games next summer. Um um, over the next yeah, year. As, so, a, as, a, as a smoker, you should add about three or four years onto that. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's one of the the fitter smokers. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, his retirement sounded a bit borderline a dig of not getting enough uh, game time and being a bit like, well, what? Some players are happy to go with the squad, especially young players. They're just happy to be there. I think Vardy's at an age now where he's like, well. I should be getting minutes, and what's the point of me travelling all over the world, training, having to give up the booze? And, and uh... <laughs> Has he actually retired? Though? I, I thought what he said was, he said to Gareth Southgate, "Don't pick me, but if you've got, if there aren't any other players or you've got injury crisis, I'm still happy to play." That's not a retirement, is it? No, he's basically saying, "Just pick well, me for the games I can play." <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The way the way I saw it is, he's like. Often when you talk about players um, that go on international duty, they got to go away from their club. They got to travel for um, they got to travel for training. They don't get the same amount of breaks as other players do that don't play for their country. So for me, it's like I don't want to travel as much. I don't want to train as much. When my teammates at Leicester go on holiday, I want a holiday too. And when we start training camp, I want to train with them and then just play with my club, especially if I'm only playing five minutes a game. Well, well one thing right. we know about so, Vardy, he likes a holiday. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and a party. I I think there's a few players I'm I'm quite intrigued as to why they're still in the team. He's picked a lot of players that he picked in the uh in the World Cup squad. But um, what do you think about what do you think about the selections overall? Is it good? Is it bad? And in terms of some of the players that you could have that could have been picked, who do you think they were or could have been? So, so I think, actually, Gareth Southgate has done exactly what he should have done and exactly what we've all probably come to expect, which is no frills and stills. He's not gone and done something incredibly crazy or brought in someone out of nowhere. He's rewarding all the players that did brilliantly well, that clearly had a good, harmonious squad in the World Cup with another cap coming back into the team. And you've got to remember, Saturday's game against Spain is a competitive game. All right, no, no one's ever done this home nations league. But it could be brilliant, and it could turn out to be something that we all really enjoy. There's actually a, there's actually a tournament here to be won. So it's not friendly on Saturday. It's an actual competitive game. So no, I, there's loads of players that he could have brought, up, brought in, obviously. There's Ryan Sessegnon, there's people talking about Phil Foden, James Madison I keep going on about. Loads of players. Barkley even might have had a shot just to, to see what he's like. But... 
actually, you've got a competitive game against Spain on Saturday. You've just had an, a brilliant World Cup, let's be honest, where these players have worked hard, overachieved. Why, why would you not give them all another chance? Mark, um, what players in the, in the uh, lineup do you see now that could potentially still be there in two years? And are there any names that aren't in there that you can see uh, going to be featured in the next two years and possibly the European Cup? Well, I think it'd be easier to say the ones I don't think will be there in two years. I think pretty much I'd say Danny Welbeck and maybe Fabian Delft are probably the two that I don't see there in two years' time. Everyone else, I would say, has a realistic chance in two years' time to still be part of this England team. Danny Rose? Really? I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. I think, I think Ben Chilwell were overtaken, personally. Yeah, but, it, well, maybe not starting 11, but are you going to say there's going to be two left-backs better well, than him? Yeah, Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell. Yeah, potentially. Do you um do you think probably goalkeepers probably the most contentious position in it? They're they're more subject to change in terms of Butler and Pickford and McCarthy. Yeah, obviously McCarthy coming in because Pope got injured. Um, it's it's another one because obviously Joe Hart's playing at Burnley now, so we've got three options all at the same club. So <laughs> yeah. you're, you're only oh. going to pick whoever's playing if. If you were, you're only going to look at whoever's playing for Burnley. And while that's Joe Hart, I'm not sure I can see Joe Hart coming back into the team. So, or Tom Eaton, man. How, how, how has he ended up in this position? The guy was the next, next big thing for England. And suddenly, he's back third choice at Burnley. He's got to go. He's got to go and be number one somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, so the goalkeepers, yeah. While all three are at Burnley, I, I don't see there being as much change as we think. Um, I did like Alex McCarthy. He's a third choice. I'm not with third choice goalkeepers. I don't think um, they're, they're rarely used. So I'm happy with Pickford and Butland fighting it out for number one. So Mark, you've got a game for us to play. What is it? Yeah. So this is a game we would have played on the pilot called Who Am I? Um, I'll give five clues to a footballer. To make it a bit more organised, so you don't just start shouting names. <laughs> After each each clue, you can have one guess. We'll talk. All right, that's the game ruined. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Oh. <laughs> I picked a, a player you both should know. If you don't, I'm not sure why you were there to do a football podcast. Um, I'm just looking to make friends. So, <laughs> clue number one. So, in no particular order, these are. The English teams I've played for. So, QPR, Reading, Spurs, West Ham, Newcastle, Bolton, and Leicester. Jesus. Okay. Do we guess now? You can have one guess after each clue. Is it Bobby Zamora? No. Do you want to guess, Danny, or shall I go to clue two? Uh, I want to... Uh, is it Emil is Heskey? No. Absolutely not. So, clue number two. My last club was Watford, but I never played. Mm. Yeah, just to be clear, you haven't given us any indication of whether this player is still playing or not playing. Or My last club was ah, Watford. Jesus Christ, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so difficult. Um, mm, tough, tough, tough. Okay. 
Are you ready for clue three? Clue three. I played 17 times for England. Oh, wow. 17 times. Danny, you got anything? Jason Roberts? No. No, no. Alright, clue number four. I am the Premier League's ninth top goalscorer ever. Mm. I think I was closer with them or Hefty. Let's go now. Yep. Danny, Aye. the free winners, Danny. <laughs> Boom. Wow, he's played for heaps of clubs. And for those of you interested in my fifth clue, it was, if you mentioned my name when talking about footballers, you would most likely think of my cousin, Rio. Ah, good one. Yeah, I still would have got it, not got it.
front three, back four. Um, I'll start this one. So I've got two in my back four this week. Um, the first in my back four is Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Do you guys know about this man? I saw something and I can't remember what it is, but I did see something. Uh, Bishop, someone inappropriately. Well, Aretha Franklin's funeral. Um, Ariana Grande had um sang a a fantastic rendition of one of her songs, and he, Mr. Bishop Charles H. Ellis the Third, I'm going to keep saying his name so everyone knows it, but I'm sure they all know it, was seen groping her as he was talking to her, holding her very close, touching her around the back, getting a bit of her under boob. Now, I for one. Do not blame him, because if she was close to me... No, no, no. I don't endorse any type of groping that does, isn't necessary. But to be fair, um, I think this is quite bad for the Catholic Church. Um, this has never happened before, anything like this. Uh, but he, he says since then apologised. He said he didn't mean... He got a bit too friendly. And... Um, he didn't intend to touch any woman's breast. Uh, I don't know. I guess I've got my arm around her. Maybe I crossed the border. Maybe I was too friendly or familiar. But again, I apologise. Um, he then went to say another controversial statement, saying, I have all the female or male artists. What about all the other ones that aren't male or female? I think that's incredibly rude as well. But, you know, uh, Bishop... <laughs> you Bishop yeah. Bishop Charles what? Was this your front three or back four? Was this a good or a bad thing? Back four. He was in my back four. Okay. If right. I have a back four, it's the seaside town of Weymouth. Um, anyone in Weymouth found begging could be fined up to £100 under an antisocial behaviour by, by the town's council. Um, they're in my back four because that is if you are out there, yeah, if you are out there begging for pennies, how are you going to pay £100 fine? So, I don't know how they intend that to happen, but um, not the smartest decision by Weymouth Council, but which government body is that smart? I'm not sure. Uh, in my front three this week is um, a young lady called Aaliyah Hart. Um, do you know this woman? Do you know this girl? No. No. Aaliyah Hart is one of Britain's smallest babies, weighing in at just 12 ounces, um, and she defied doctor's expectations to survive. Uh, she was premature by 12 weeks. Uh, this is very close to home to me because I was born premature, um, and I was in hospital uh, soon after I was born for about um, three months. Uh, but I am still here, and so is she. So I'm uh, guessing that, just like me, she's destined for great things. So... Well done to powerful Aaliyah Hart. We haven't had to pull one out for you. Yeah, we are celebrating your wonderful and powerful birth. Mark, start with my back four. So I'm going straight in with Celebrity Big Brother. Don't know if any of you have oh, seen the news. Nope. You love some trash, Mark. That's what ah, you watch all of this trash. This trash was controversial this week. Ooh, oh, that's all right then. <laughs> Is that the, unlike most uh, reality TV shows, but carry on. <laughs> So, in the Big Brother house is a lady called Roxanne. She used to be in Emmerdale once upon a time. She was probably my number one celebrity um, crush. Yeah, number one celebrity crush, sorry. Um, she, during the show, 
someone who she's known from the outside, a young guy called Ryan. Um, he was just going up. He's a bit excitable. He just went up, sort of pretends to shadow, like sort of shadow box around her, and she put in a complaint that she that he punched her. I think she forgot that she was in the Big Brother house where they are surrounded <laughs> by and have this on a on they have it all. So like twenty four hour recording. Yeah, so he um so, so they gave him a warning because they had to take her threat seriously. But they Big Brother basically didn't do anything and then this rumour spread through the house. This poor guy Ryan's in tears, he's like, She's ruined my life. Um the housemates obviously are a bit like which one's lying, which is not. And um, there's been, I don't know the number, but thousands and thousands of complaints saying this is ridiculous. They should show the footage. They're basically, it's something I would advise you to check out and see. She actually put it, she's left now. And she said she felt unsafe to be in the same room as him. I would advise you to check the clip out. It's uh, it's not good. Had this been without cameras around it, this could have ended this guy's career. So, front three. Um, Did any of you see Everton get in uh, into Angry Birds? So every Premier League got a shoulder sponsor, didn't they? And Everton's shoulder sponsors Angry Birds. Yeah, that was last year. That was last year. So they released a Walcott, Sigurdsson, and Tosin. Angry Bird. They were like, where did you see this stuff? That's quality. I heard about that. Yeah. So, oh, this, so this was a couple of weeks ago. They are. They look nothing like them, but they are who have similar hairstyles to to those three players. Ah, uh, okay. So, so I thought I'd check when footballers have been into com- into computer games. Didn't find too much, but I found some footballer games. So I'll go through and see if you remember any of these great great game so on the playstation there was david beckham soccer uh-huh. i don't remember that on the playstation there was also one called ronaldo's v football which that ronaldo the old brazilian ronaldo no don't remember it we had david o'leary's manager game <laughs> oh i remember that i do remember that michael owens world league soccer that was also on the PlayStation. The PlayStation had a lot of uh, football games. Probably when they first started, I imagine, right? Yeah, we had Kevin Keegan's player manager. Well, they always came second. There was a... Uh, <laughs> Peter Shilton's handball Mar- Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> was that a board game? Jesus <laughs> Christ, how old is that? Here's one that was... Uh, the original FIFA Street, it was called Chris Kamara's Street Soccer. Oh, really? Oh, no way. Gaz's Super Soccer. That's another one. <laughs> I think people thought that was so funny as if they were done these games. I had no idea. This one I actually remembered. It was called Alex Ferguson's Player Manager 2001. Of course you remember that. He played it. He, and there was Steven Gerrard's Total Soccer 2002. How old was he then? That was when he was quite young. He had just missed the 2002 World Cup through injury. So, yeah, I just thought I'd list some famous football games that were based you know, on a player. I've just looked up those Angry Birds pictures. Yeah, Walcott. <laughs> I'll be pissed. 
Have you seen the Beer Walcott? Let me like him. Uh, go on, Danny. Uh, right, so, uh, yeah, just getting sidetracked. Um, so, in my back three this week is Silverstone. Uh, dear to our hearts, because we've all been there, had a great time. Big um, fans, big fans. Big fans of Silverstone, which is why it's just very disappointing news. I don't know if you saw it, it was last week now, um, but the MotoGP was cancelled. Was there traffic jam? No. So for the first time in nearly 30 years, an event had to be cancelled. And so the MotoGP event was cancelled because it rained. But get this, the reason they had to cancel it is because they laid some new tarmac because they wanted a new track, and they forgot to make it, uh, make, make it runoff areas for the water. So it rained, and it was full of puddles, and it was too dangerous to race. Ridiculous. Um, hang your head in shame, sort of, then you should do better than that. Uh, in my front three this week, uh, it's football related, and it's Crystal Palace. I'm in my front three this week, and I'll tell you why. So they, I believe it's the first time, so I've never heard of it, anyone else doing it. They have become the first ever club to offer um, English Football League clubs, so they're on Chelsea. No, loan players for free. They basically, Crystal Palace said, you know what, we shouldn't be charging people in League 2 or League 1 um, we shouldn't be asking them to pay 50% of our players' wages just because we can't fit them in our squad. They can't afford to pay 50% of their wages. We're going to give them for free. The only stipulation is we ask that they play a minimum amount of games throughout the season. I think that's pretty nice. I think team selection should be up to the manager. Yeah, but at the same time, well, yeah, fair enough. I guess they just give them back if they don't play them enough. But um, the reason I brought it up, and I said it earlier, you might be, I'd be interested to get your thoughts, because I did think afterwards, and that is interesting, because then you're saying, well, you have to play them a certain amount of times, and you're forcing them to play a person, but then why are you getting them on loan if you don't want to play them anyway? Well, what I wanted to ask is, is it youngsters like Ben Teke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think he's about 45 now, so I don't think he counts. Yeah, this isn't my joke. No, I got it. Is that because yeah, we think Benteke is uh, older than he is? So you were joking that he's not really young. Is that what? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that bit, Chris. Keep your joke in.
Um, all right, so we all did terribly this week with our results. We all went a good zero for zero in terms of uh, our uh, picks to win and the scores. So we're just as good as West Ham. Um, <laughs> okay, so this week we, I went for Brighton to beat Fulham 2-0, so that's zero points. Danny, you did Everton to beat Huddersfield 3-1. So you got zero points. And yep. Chris did Crystal Palace to beat Southampton 2-1. So you got zero points. In his fence, he didn't know about Harden injured. I know. And I'll, yeah, just that's my team as well. So, as it stands, Chris, you're on three points. Danny, you're on two points. And me, I'm on one point. We need to make our pick. So, Danny, who's your pick this week? Why, why, why am I going to go first? Mark, who's your pick? Mark's losing. Is that how it works? So I yeah. get first. Also, okay. because Danny's phoning. But Mark, <laughs> what's your pick this week? So my pick, I am going to go for Southampton to beat Brighton. Can do that. <laughs> no matter what I said, Danny, you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> He just got a button that goes, gasp, ah, oh, I was going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I was there. Southampton to beat Brighton. 2-0. Yep, Southampton to beat Brighton 2-0. Mm, interesting. Uh, Danny, who you got? I've, I've already picked Southampton. Well, I don't think I want to pick them again. I picked them on the first week. Um, I am going to pick do I really think West Ham are going to lose again? Oh! Yes, in a row. <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm going to go for Wolves to beat Burnley. And I'm going to go for... 3-2. Yeah, Danny, I was, I'm thinking that as well. West Ham surely at some point have to win a game, right? Yeah. And that's Everton. the way to Everton, but... They have to win the game. Um, I believe in them. Four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon is a great time to play a football match. I'm going to go for West Ham to beat Everton. And I'm going to go for 2-0. See, that should be worth bonus points. That should be worth the game. I've won. So even if they don't win? Well, <laughs> if they win, I win. Just for, just for predicting it. I'm pretty sure Everton West Ham is a 2-2 draw every single time they play. I'm pretty sure if you go back on some records, it'd be a ridiculous amount of 2-2s. I remember always those games only 2 Well, Danny, Danny, I'll give you the scores right now. The last... <laughs> the most recent to the latest. West Ham 3-1, Everton 4-0, West Ham... All right, fair enough. Uh, maybe I'm Everton thinking about some other again. West Ham 3-2. Okay, so just to confirm, Chris, West Ham 2, Everton 0, Danny... Wolves 3, Burnley 2, and me, Southampton 2, Brighton 0. They're locked in. Um, this week, I won the, um, I got the most points with our fancy football team, so that means I get to make the substitution this week for our Auto SP team. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to do it right now, guys. Uh, live uh, transfer, I'm taking out Shakiri and I'm putting in Paul Pogba. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, we need to get Shakiri out. I think there's a few other ones we can take out. 
Um, I don't know. Sanchez, for me, has just been in there for ages. I think we need to get out. I don't know if Zaha is going to play next week or not, but for me, uh, Shakiri needs to come out simply because out of probably Hamer, who's injured, he's, he's the only one that really is. I'm, I'm shocked you haven't done like a Sanchez to Mendy or something. Come on, you're not like City. You've got to get some City coverage, surely. Uh, I think we can do that later on. I mean, our, our, our defenders seem to be doing well already, I think. I don't, I don't know if it's screaming for any changes. Also, um, I just think, uh, I think Man, Man United are about to come into a good one of form there. In terms of their fixtures. Fair enough, yeah. No, I think, I think, you know, we've got a good run of fixtures too. I think Pogba's a good shout. We just need to, yeah, I'm with you. We need to get rid of Sanchez, man. I think Mendy and some other feet. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Um, and I'll let, I don't know who my captain will be yet, but that will be in due course. Um, um, can I just, can I just add a big congratulations, Chris? Of course you can. Um, uh, oh, no, I haven't had that. No, sorry. I thought this week you'd finally caught up the all talk as soon as you haven't. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, was you just selling me a fake here? I'm going <laughs> to say no. Uh, you're, still, you're still 11 points behind the talk FC team, so sorry about that. Not for long, because in fact, I haven't put in Paul Pogba. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it all come. I'll catch up to everyone. It's not like I'm doing that bad. Nah. Um, right. I think that's about us. Um, we shall see you next week. See you next week uh, to talk about Premier League. But instead, we'll be talking about international. We finally get to see England play uh, in this new tournament, the Nations League or whatever it's called. We'll see if it's something we should take seriously or something that is just another friendly. Yeah, um, I think it might be worth next pod actually explaining how it works. Because it's not the easiest. I've looked yeah. it up and I still have no idea. So, so <laughs> I'll, I'll take it as homework. To yeah, if you, could, if you could find out, that'd be really helpful, thanks. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well done, boys. Well done, Mark. All right, thank you. Well done, Dan. Cheers, mate. And well done to me. See you guys later. Thank you. Good night, all. Wonderful. Oh, God. What's that?